Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness. Coming to you live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. And we are going to talk uh, Marquette and Wisconsin. We've talked a lot of Devontae Adams. I want to talk some college basketball here, both Marquette and Wisconsin. The question is, I think, relatively uh, a pretty simple one. In my mind. Now, we may disagree, but I think it's a simple question. Who do you think had a better year? Now, knowing how this whole thing played out, Marquette or Wisconsin, who do you think had the better year? Because both, both of them were essentially not picked to go to the NCAA tournament. Badgers were picked, what, 10th in their conference. Marquette wasn't picked to be very high in their conference either. So, which one do you think had the better season, Marquette or Wisconsin? Marquette got bounced in the first game. Wisconsin got bounced in the second game. At the end of the day, neither one made it out the first weekend uh, of their tournament. So, which one do you think had the better better year between the two of them? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The Fan Tournament Coverage brought to you by Discount Liquors for best selection and everyday low prices. Visit their two locations on Oklahoma Avenue, and then Maine and Barstow in downtown Waukesha. Listen, I think when we talk about both of these, these universities, we got two things to look at here. And we kind of just talked about it at the end of the big show. The Colts, I'm looking at the screen, not the Colts. The Badgers had no bench. Had no bench. And pretty much had no bench all year. So then they had to rely on, say, Chucky Hepburn, who uh, was... A young, inexperienced guard thrust into a role in which he had to play a ton of minutes. And Chucky Hepburn improved throughout the season and became somewhat of an offensive presence for this Badger team by the end of the year. And I I think that was a great development for Wisconsin. Johnny Davis, who looked to improve on what the year previous was, became a National Player of the Year candidate, became what appears to be an NBA lottery pick. Now, we won't know this for sure until we get to the draft uh, in June, but it appears uh, to be an NBA uh, lottery pick. Now, Johnny Davis kind of, um, 
I don't know if I would say petered out or what the case was, but Johnny Davis was not the Johnny Davis we saw at the beginning of the year uh, at the end of the year for Wisconsin. And, and that obviously hurt them. But still, so you had that player make a huge impact for you. You had Chucky Hepburn make a huge impact for you. Tyler Wall, I think, really continued to, develop, could continue to develop from year to year and had a really solid year and was kind of that straw that stirs the drink, I guess, for Wisconsin a little bit. And I think the coaching staff gets credit for developing Tyler Wall. So if you're going to give the coaching staff credit for Tyler Wall, I think you develop, you give some credit for Chucky Hepburn and his development uh, throughout the year. I think they did a nice job there. But the knock is going to be the bench and how that never really got developed, how you really never had anybody step up. Chris Vollett, I guess, was the closest thing, and that was very inconsistent. And again, I realize there are college kids and all this, but like Carter Gilmore, I mean, there's just no reason. I mean, there really is. I mean, I've watched that dude play several times now, and I'm sorry, I don't see it. I mean, they obviously see it. I don't see it. So there are certain guys on that bench you look at and go, I don't, I don't know what they get from them next year when they're back for another year. Like how much are they going to be actually able to progress to think Wisconsin could be better next year? Because it looks like right now that they're probably going to take a relatively big step backwards unless, you know, your incoming recruiting class ends up having some impact players in it. It looks like Wisconsin, you know, could be in some trouble next year. But we're not talking about next year. We're talking about this year. Stephen Crowell, he just needs to add some muscle. I think if that kid adds some muscle, he can be a legit big in the Big Ten. Uh, and dare I say, maybe... Uh, an eventual NBA player at some point if he continues to add muscle and get stronger. That's the one thing he's missing right now is he needs to add some weight. I think Crowell could be pretty good. So you've got that going for you. Then you look on the other side of this thing at Marquette. Marquette gets a brand new head coach, a complete turnover of the roster outside of like two kids, Justin Lewis, which was a godsend that he was able to stay with Shaka, uh, who put up a really good year for them. And was really needed, clearly. And then you add a bunch of transfers in, like Marcel comes in. He has a nice year for it for you. Kolek never really got going per se, as far as from three, and that's really what you wanted. You wanted to be a ball distributor and a guy that can knock down three. He's kind of like a Deaner, and he just never got going. And it's unfortunate. And, and maybe next year he does get going, but that that kind of hurt him a little bit. But you saw that he can distribute the basketball and do good things at the point guard position. So you saw that as well. You had some bigs that were kind of raw, uh, and you didn't get all of what, what you wanted out of them necessarily. But again, that team, long, athletic, uh, overcame expectations like the Badgers, uh, and then went to the tournament, and Shaka Smart has not been good in the tournament as a head coach, uh, and they got beat right away. But they got beat right away, similar to what happened in Wisconsin. They couldn't shoot, and they turned the ball over. Simple. So they both had the same end result, one game different. You know, they got to their second game, the Badgers. Marquette got to their first game. Both had to go through different scenarios and situations. I feel like both fan bases think that their teams had really good years, even though they didn't get out of the first weekend. That's why I'm asking the question. Which one do you think had the better year? Be honest with yourself, Badger fans. Be honest with yourself, Marquette fans. Let's see if we can have a civil conversation about this. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The Fan. Ryan in Burlington, you're first on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to us by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, Sparky. Hey, so the Wisconsin fans out there that think their team had a good year, it's because Wisconsin fans always think the same thing. They're happy when they do good in the in the Big Ten. But you can you can predict exactly what's going to happen almost every single year when it comes tournament time, and that's exactly what happened. No offense, trash offense, pass the ball, have one guy at the national player of the year and get bounced by a team that you shouldn't lose to because they they can shoot, you can't. Um, so I, I to be honest with you, I would I would change head coaches and I would start over by Wisconsin. On the Marquette side, I think they had a better year overall only because Shaka has not had a, a recruiting class yet. That team played defense, had lack of offensive talent. But, he, again, he hasn't had his guys yet. So 
I'm kind of excited for, for kind of where Marquette's going in Wisconsin. If they keep guard, it's going to be the same thing every single year. Expect the same thing. Wisconsin fans will support them no matter what. Be good in the Big Ten. They'll, they'll overachieve in the Big Ten, and they'll bow out early with a, with a high ranking because that offense is trash. Ryan, did you go to either school? I did not. And actually, you know, I'm, I, I obviously, as you can see, I'm, I'm more of a Marquette fan, but my dad played at, at Wisconsin, so you would think, I should be a Wisconsin fan. I just can't watch that kind of basketball. That basketball is just, it's Big Ten basketball, and it's trash in the playoffs. What did your dad play at Wisconsin? What sport? Basketball. So he played basketball at Wisconsin. What does he think of what's going on at Wisconsin? Well, he's not around anymore. He played early, so he was a freshman the year they won the title. Damn. So they weren't, they weren't allowed to play, uh, you know, on varsity when they were a freshman, but he was there with all those those guys that won the title. And then he went to the war. So he played one year. So I should be. And again, I want Wisconsin to win. I really do. The Richard Griffith years, I was. I loved. Finley, Tracy Webster. Yep. Yes, I loved where they were going. But I mean, even with Bo, I know they had a good run with some seniors and some good in-school talent. But that basketball is not fun to watch. It's not. It's not. You're not going to compete for a national title. You're going to do what football does. Run the ball, win the Big Ten, and never go to national title. And I want titles. Okay, I, I understand that. Ryan, thanks for the call. This, this is this, this is my counter, and you all tell me if you agree with me or not. So, if you say, well, Wisconsin, they don't do it the right way, right? They, they, they need more athletes. They need to get up and down the floor more. It needs to be more of a funner brand of basketball to play. That's how you're going to get the better recruits. That's how you're going to get the better kids. That's how you're going to win a national championship. Okay. So, if you look at it from that perspective, fine. Now, turn and shift your view to Marquette. Marquette has Tom Crean. He puts together kind of more of a Wisconsin brand of basketball, I would say, with the, the rosters that he's built over the course of time. You had the Wade, uh, the Novak, the Diener, uh, the transfer, Rob Jackson, who was instrumental. I don't think they... They go to a Final Four without Rob Jackson. Uh, so you had that that crew uh, there that was able to get to a Final Four. Why? Because you had an NBA lottery pick in Dwayne Wade. Which, again, if you look at that team and you look at Wisconsin, it's not comparable. Wisconsin didn't have anywhere near the players around Johnny Davis as Marquette had around a Wade, and they were young guys. I mean, Novak and Diener just got to Marquette. Well, like they were seniors around Wade and knew what they were doing. They were learning as they went as well, but could just flat out shoot the basketball. And again, you didn't have that around Johnny Davis. Went two for 22 from three. My God. And you haven't been a good three-point shooting team most of the year anyhow. Not by Wisconsin standards. And again, we go back to recruiting and Greg Garden and all that fun stuff. So Marquette did it that way. Then Marquette also had a great freshman recruiting class, if we remember right. Right, Dominic James, Jarrell McNeil, Wes Matthews. Now, Wes Matthews has been in the league a long time, but you had those three young guys, and everybody thought that with those three young guys at Marquette, all right, they're going to make another run. They're going to get back to another Final Four. Here we go. And you could maybe argue that their freshman year together was probably their best year together uh, during that entire time at Marquette. But it never worked out, and they never got back. Then... You go to Buzz Williams. Buzz Williams completely changes the landscape at Marquette, completely changes how they play, what athletes they bring in, brings in uh, you know Juco players like Jimmy Butler and those guys, brings in different guys. So they play that brand of basketball. Buzz never got to a Final Four. They were consistent like Marquette had been with Crean, which is in the tournament pretty much every year and getting on their runs. Um, from time to time at Marquette, but never got back to a Final Four. That was with all the athletes that everybody wants Wisconsin to get. They couldn't figure it out and get over the hump. Then Marquette decided they didn't like that. They didn't like that style, whatever the case may be, so they went to Wojo. Got him from Coach K. This will fix it. We'll get back to the style of ball we had with Kareem, and we'll be much better. And he was at Duke. Played. Hell of a recruiter. Okay. Problem is, nobody thought to think about what's he going to be as an X's and old guys in a game situation. And that's what really what killed Wojo at the end of the day was he wanted a great X's and old guys in game situations. 
So that was a horrible failure. The NCAA tournament, a rarity under Wojo. Out he goes, and now they bring in Shaka. Now, we don't know what Shaka is going to look like as far as what his teams are going to look like and so forth. I don't think that there is one style that definitely works more than the other style. I think at the end of the day, this all comes down to having special players. That's it. If you have a special player or two special players, then you can do special things. The Badger team that went to the Final Four had two guys that were first-round picks in Sam Decker and Frank Kaminsky. Two first-round picks. Two. And they had shooters around them. Brust and Gasser and those guys. You had the shooters around them. Again, I go back to Wisconsin and Johnny Davis. They did not have that. Did not have it. That's the key. You want to talk about how do you get Marquette back to a Final Four? How do you get Wisconsin back to a Final Four? You have to have an NBA first-rounder or two and shooting around them. That's how you're going to do it. And I just don't know that you can do it any other way. I don't think you're going to find a Final Four team that doesn't have an NBA player on the roster. I think that's very, very difficult to do at this moment in time. Now, Marquette's got one for sure in Justin Lewis. I think, you know, he's an NBA player. Now, first, second round, wherever he ends up eventually, I don't know. We'll see when he decides to come out. Johnny Davis definitely is, and he's a lottery pick. And that was a, I'm not going to say it was a wasted year, but it was a wasted year with an NBA lottery-style player where if that roster would have been better, they should have been able to go farther. But also, he didn't live up to his end of the bargain either. Dwayne Wade was a bad, bad man when they made their run. Sam Decker and Frank Kaminsky did their jobs on their run in the Final Four. Johnny Davis did not do his job for two games in this tournament for Wisconsin. Did not. Did not play well. Now, hurt? More than we realize? Could be. And if he was, that stinks. Because if he comes out after this year, that's it. That, that was your chance. That was your chance to put on a show. Now, if he comes back for another year, then he'll get another crack at it. But that was... That was not good. Very hard to go and, and win games in a tournament when your best player doesn't play well. Johnny Davis didn't play well. Sorry. Zero for seven from three yesterday. First game, he didn't go to the rim until the very end of the game. Was just settling for jump shots the whole game. Didn't play well. Uh, and that's what costs you. Uh, yes, AR. So with that in mind then, Steve, I have a proposition for you. What's the proposition? So Jeff Borzello, ESPN insider, college basketball, has tweeted that you remember Nellie Cummings in the game against Colgate. Yep. He has entered the transfer portal. Yep. Uh, scored 20 against the Badgers. Now, he is a senior. I'm assuming he has like an extra year of eligibility, probably a COVID year. So one more extra year for Cummings. We saw what he can do. Very nice use, by the way, of him to use the tournament as a springboard. Sure. And then enter the portal. So, uh No. I mean, why would see? This is my problem. If you're a good basketball player, say him, and you look at Wisconsin's roster, why? That's why? Fair. Why would I go to Wisconsin to play with that? Now, again, Johnny Davis is staying. Okay, that's different. But if Johnny Davis isn't staying, the cupboard's bare. I mean, you 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 need other guys to step up and be something. So the only way the transfer portal at this point works for Wisconsin is if you can get two or three guys to come together. I, I don't believe they have scholarships available to bring two or three guys in, unless I'm missing something. I don't think they have that many scholarships. So th- that's what makes this difficult. If I'm Nelly Cummings, I'm looking at rosters that got some talent. I can still get my minutes and be a guy, but get even more exposure than I did at Colgate, right? Be on TV more than I was at Colgate. Colgate ain't really on TV all year long. And that's hard to believe because everybody's on TV nowadays if you're in the Power Five, right? Power Mm -hmm. Five conferences. So if I'm him, I'm trying to get to a team that's got a chance to win. So, for instance, uh, Michigan, right? Ohio State, Illinois. That, that to me, makes sense. Now, I know the Wisconsin beat them and so forth. Right. But if you're losing Johnny Davis, come on, man. I mean, there's just no way. I know I feel like I'm coming down hard on Wisconsin and all this. But they blew a golden opportunity with a really good basketball player. They really, really did. And speaking of the tourney, hey, Odyssey has you covered. 
Listen to the live play-by-play for every game, plus access daily team podcasts, betting tips, and more. Visit odyssey.com slash tourney on the Odyssey app today. Who do you think had the better year, Marquette or Wisconsin? Badger and Marquette fans, let's see what you think next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Pretty funny on Twitter. It was just uh, pointed out. Tom Brady now shares a division where the other current starting quarterbacks are Sam Darnold, James Winston, and Philippi Franks. That, that, that's what we're talking about for Tom Brady. Now, again, he can't. he's having problems beating the Saints, so maybe James Winston and the Saints still give him problems, but... Yeah, that's not exactly tough sledding uh, for Tom Brady, similar to the way the AFC East was for years when he was in New England. Hey, the big tournament's going on right now. Place to watch all the big games while enjoying your own indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch your favorite games on while you play your favorite indoor games and their huge entertainment game room. I'm talking indoor bocce ball. Almost getting warm enough thought to play bocce ball, right? Now, the problem is, is the weather forecast. So we're in the 50s today or whatever. It looks kind of windy outside. Haven't been out there uh, since this morning, but you have that going on. And then this weekend, the high is going to be like 33, I think, on Sunday or something like that. So welcome to Wisconsin. Uh, so indoor bocce ball, Q Club of Wisconsin, foosball, darts, pool, table tennis, uh, shuffleboard, you name it. They got it at Q Club of Wisconsin, plus some great food to have while you're playing your games and watching your games. Loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up <laughs> with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or QClubofWI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. All right, so uh, let's uh, talk a little bit more about uh, the question uh, at hand here, and that is, who do you think had the better year, Wisconsin or Marquette? 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan. Mark did just that. He tweeted at the fan. Steve, I think you said it all. I'll say Marquette had the better season for the reasons you stated. New coach and players. Marquette, after the second Nova game, put it in neutral. Still, congratulations to both teams. You know, I hadn't thought about that. To be honest with you, we talk a lot about Marquette and Wisconsin. I, I kind of use this hour of madness to do stuff that we tend not to do on Big Show um, or maybe not on some of the other shows on the station to kind of cover some of the other things. It's kind of how I use it. And so we've done a lot of, of Marquette stuff with Ben Steele, a lot of Badger stuff with Jake Kokorowski uh, from Badger Blitz. And the putting it in neutral thing, I guess, never really came up. And, you know, you could make that comparison to the Brewers last year, right? Brewers get off to this gigantic lead uh, and then kind of in September don't really have to worry about, you know, winning every game because they're chasing or they're barely hanging on to the division lead and they kind of coasted. And there were some people that were very concerned that it was going to cost them come playoff time because they weren't going to be able to get their mojo back together again. And they didn't. And they lost. And that was it for the Milwaukee Brewers. I hadn't thought about it from the Marquette perspective, but I guess maybe to a certain degree, maybe that is kind of what happened. Maybe it is kind of the thing where they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit and uh, it cost them at the end of the day. And I don't know how you handle that. I guess that comes down to it being on the head coach on Shaka Smart to kind of keep your foot on the pedal uh, and not allow your players to get settled in or relaxed uh, at the end of the day. Maybe that's really what it's what it's more about. Now, I'm not saying that you do it Urban Meyer style. That is not what I'm saying. I don't know how many of you saw the Urban Meyer piece uh, in The Athletic or not. Um, horrific things. Just absolutely horrific things coming out of what was said by Urban Meyer to players and coaches. Essentially threatening to cut all the players, fire all the coaches, um, all of this stuff, uh, ripping on where they went to school, ripping on where they were from and how they were brought up. Uh, according to the story, apparently at one point he told the people in the, the guys in the locker room, you know damn right well if I cut you, you won't be able to find a job for more than $15 an hour. I mean, that type of stuff. No. You don't need that type of foot on the gas pedal. I'll be surprised if Urban Meyer gets another coaching job after this. I really will be. I'll be surprised. 
after you read more and more of how that whole thing happened in Jacksonville uh, to that team, I will be very surprised if somebody gives Urban Meyer uh, a job again uh, at the end of the day. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if it comes back to Shaka for letting them, you know, maybe pull their foot off the gas pedal a little bit, uh, or how that whole thing plays out. But I think an incredible job done by Shaka Smart. I think Greg Gard and his coaching staff deserve credit as well uh, for being able to win as many games as they did without having a bench. Again, that's his fault because he's the one that does the recruiting. Uh, so I think they both deserve credit. And I just thought it'd be a fun question to ask, you know, which one of those two uh, do you think uh, had uh, the better year? Hey, you ever thought about becoming your own boss? Now is the time. Maybe it's time to join the Young Express team. Live a stress-free lifestyle. Put the windows down. Turn up the radio to the fan and drive, baby, drive. And get paid for it, too. That's true. Why Young Express? Well, they have a 24-7 dispatch team. They're extremely dedicated. Take it very personal to keep drivers moving. We're talking about going from point A to point B. Picking stuff up and dropping stuff off. It's really that simple. You're going to drive for a career. So if you enjoy driving, and I know a lot of people do, this is perfect for you. At Young Express, you can drive locally, regionally, or nationwide. With minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express will provide you all the training necessary for you to become a successful transporter of expedited freight. They are looking for full-time independent contractors. So I always emphasize this. You're not necessarily working for Young Express. You're working with Young Express. Join the Young Express team today. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express success drives them. Coming up next, we had a great interview and a great time uh, talking with Jason LaConfora, Odyssey NFL Insider, CBS Sports, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Uh, We had a caller uh, that called in before Lock and Four came up in the previous segment and said, guys, ask Lock and Four what are sources, right? And I went on to explain what sources are. Leroy's like, I think he was being sarcastic. So I said, well, whatever. So I explained it. So we get Lock and Four actually on the show during the big show, and you'll hear uh, Leroy wanted me to ask him that question about what are sources, uh, and that's kind of how the whole interview starts off. And then we talk about Devontae Adams. Uh, we talk about the Packers, Rodgers, all, all of that fun stuff uh, coming up. So you will not want to miss this. Jason Lockett for a very good earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. We'll play back for you next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sparky's Midday Madness. Presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Here on 1250 AM, the fan, as we're broadcasting live from the Lakeland University studios, offering uh, evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. So I know there are lots of you out there uh, that want insiders to be gone and done away with, right? I know there are a lot of you And I've seen people on Twitter say it over the last, I don't know, few months. They just need to get rid of all the insiders. Let's just wait for the team to send out the releases, press releases of what actually is happening. Like, we don't need insiders. We just don't need insiders. It's not a big deal. Maybe we don't. Maybe you'd be cool with not having them. I like them. Right? I'll tell you why I like them. I like them because 
I like being able to be on social media, on Twitter. I'm really not on the other ones. Um, be on social media, be on Twitter, and just you know, be hitting refresh on trade deadline day to see if the Brewers are going to make a trade uh, and see what gets reported. Or NFL free agency, or what's going on with Rodgers, if he's coming back, if he's signing a deal, or what all is going I love all that stuff. Love it. I eat it up. Absolutely love it. I don't like the drama of every year having to go through, is he playing for us or not? Is he retiring? Is he playing? Is he retiring? Or is he playing like Brett did? I, that, that stuff drives me nuts. But just the uh, somebody breaking a trade. Like, for instance, NBA trade deadline. When there's Woj bombs coming left and right. Dude, that is the best, man. You're just sitting there for, you know, two, three days watching Wojo break stories and finding out what's happening before it happens. I enjoy it so much. And I got an incredible amount of respect for a lot of these insiders that have taken years and years and years uh, to build up sources, build up connections. Are they always right? No. Maybe Woj is like the only guy. But for the most part, are they always right? No. No, they're going to miss some. No question. They're going to get used sometimes. That's going to happen too. So this interview starts off with Jason LaConfora, our Odyssey NFL insider, CBS Sports uh, insider as well, uh, and part of 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore, sister station, uh, talking about sources and what they are and uh, that whole deal. And uh, just a great interview with Jason LaConfora. Here you go. Well, I mean, it depends on the situation. I mean, it could be the person themselves. It could be a teammate. It could be someone who is very close friends with them on another team. It could be their agent. It could be someone within the organization. It could be someone on the coaching staff. It could be someone on the training staff. It could, I mean, it could be, you know. Could be anybody. Whoever you are talking to in any particular instance who you're comfortable with has accurate information about the topic that you're reporting on. And there, to a degree... Do you get concerned about being used by, I guess, sources, quote unquote, at the oh, end you, of the day? Yeah, I mean, look, you, there's, yeah, there's certainly um, uh, pitfalls and caveats and um, certain sort of uh, things that come with the territory when when you do this this type of uh, this type of work and you're involved in this kind of reporting and you know as much as people are feeling you out as to whether you're a trustworthy reporter or, or whether you, you know, when you give somebody your word, you keep it. It's a two-way street. And there are certain people who in the past, you know, have said things that after further review turned out to be not entirely true or skewed or out of context to the point where you no longer, you know what I mean? You no longer go sure. to that well anymore. If you think that well's tainted and you think that, that the person, in, you know, that you're talking to um, is willing to spin things or push things or contrive things to a point where you're not being fair or accurate, then that's not a useful source. Before you came out, we were talking about Devontae Adams still uh, getting mm-hmm. traded. Uh, and when this all happened last week, everybody was, well, not everybody, there were some people uh, that were on the uh, deal of Aaron Rodgers looks even better now because he bleeds green and gold and he stayed in Green Bay and Devontae left us and he left Rodgers and so forth. And that was kind of the talking point on Friday uh, with some fans. So we were just asking, you know, do you think Rodgers looks better or worse uh, at the end of the day because of what happened with Adams? I, I don't know that anybody looks great. I, I, I um, we're seeing a point in time here in this league where you're putting together these. Um, it's almost like the NBA, where you're you're making you're seeing these teams make these power moves, and they're putting together um, with input from the players. And you guys had a little bit there, except it was more like you know Randall Cobb and some of these guys bringing back right. into the fold. But th- th- we're seeing organizations double down, triple down, quadruple down on um, talent to to try to win these arms races that are going on right now to be among the best of the best. And so while all that's going on, you sort of have these series of self-inflicted wounds that I would look at from this organization going back to the run-up to drafting Jordan Love. I just look at the whole two-year window and say mm-hmm. – like, why did it have to be this way? Why couldn't why couldn't they have found it within themselves to kowtow to this guy a little bit more and make him feel a little bit more of the process, you know, after all of that, where had they just had some bedside manner 
and conveyed this to him in a certain way and said, here's why we're doing this. But we're, if you feel strongly about young receivers, we're also going to do that too. Like we promise we're not trying to end, you know, end run you out of here. They were, uh, you know, then maybe they're not at this point. Maybe you've got some receivers you've developed. So, you know, Devontae leaves, and it's not like now we got to run around and get anybody we can find who can catch a football for a living because we, we've got this sort of, you know, void now at the position. Maybe he's not all about $50 bucks a year. Maybe it's kinder, gentler, smoother, and that allows you to get Adams done beforehand. Or, or maybe just because of all this angst and tension and – is he going to play? Isn't he going to play? And how long is he going to play? And all that. It just a climate has been created to where a player of that caliber might want to go somewhere and say, you know what? I'm going to sign a long-term deal there, and they're going to extend the quarterback, and it's going to be me and Derek Carr until I shut it down and start counting the days till I go to Canton. He doesn't have that in Green Bay, right? I mean, yeah. the whole nature of the way they had to structure this contract for Rodgers, you know, is – it's it's year to year. I mean, it's doubtful he walks away from a fully guaranteed sixty million a year from now. But with this cat, anything's possible. So maybe you know, Devontae's kind of over all that as well. Yeah, uh, Jason. Uh, to your point, I think if you go back to Devontae, they had some discussion with him. The team did about doing an extension, and the talks broke off. He said, "I'm I'm just going to play it out." I think he was done then. I think for the most part, when they break it down as contract, seeing that it's a actually maybe close to a three year deal, that's when the yeah. Packer fans get upset and say, "Well, wait a minute." Now I know they somebody leaked it out. Well, they offered him more. Do you even think that matters now? That it says we could have paid him well, more. I mean, why well, does why do they have to put that out there? You guys know every deal. There's, tell me a deal in this league that with the day it struck is more than a three-year deal. Like exactly. you find, Okay, exactly. Deshaun Watson, all right, yeah, that cat just got – it's not even rolling guarantees. Like, he got 46 a year, you know, for the next five years till it's 230. Mm, like, mm, I, mm. I, I'll give you that. Yeah. But there's no there, – by and large, outside of that and the Kirk Cousins three-year, $83 million from 2018, and even that was three years. I mean, nobody's getting guaranteed money in year four, I mean, at time of signing. Like, none of uh, – Especially when you're talking about a non-quarterback, you know, approaching age 30. So no matter what the structure was, the the odds of him getting real guaranteed money in year four was that that's probably wasn't on the table anywhere. Um, you know, I just think that you have to take it all back to the run up to the draft two years ago, because that's where everything started, kind of. Um, that's where all the drama started, right? That's where the soap mm-hmm. opera element started. That's where the finger pointing started and the he said, he said started. And that's when people started looking over their shoulders. And that's when start, people started thinking about plan B and life after Aaron Rodgers for his teammates, for his coaches, for the management there, for Rodgers himself. Um, and the way they handle it, Rodgers felt like put him on the clock. And then since then, mm-hmm. he's put them on the clock two straight years. Mm. I think one of the biggest things that uh, shocked me, what it really did, Jason, was, uh, Steve, can you give our uh, uh, extinguished sure. guest a reset, please? Sure. Talking with Jason Lockhoon for our Odyssey NFL Insider, CBS Sports, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore, joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Yeah. I, what shocked me is when Gouda basically stepped to the mic and said, I brought Randall Cobb in because of Aaron Rodgers. I thought I have never would have heard that in Green Bay. So anything can happen. So the three guys were on point about bringing Rodgers back. Okay, fine. So I think in one aspect, Jason, they say, well, if, if here's the good side. If Devontae leaves, we get more cap space, okay? Mm-hmm. Then they signed Douglas and Campbell. But do you think they could have got more from the Raiders instead of the first and the second-round pick or whatever? You think they could have got maybe two first-round picks? Because Jamal Adams got two first-round picks when they got him from uh, the yeah. Jets in Seattle. Yeah, well, and the DeAndre Hopkins trade was pretty substantial too. Oh yeah, um, that's a good point. Yeah, I forgot. About and that. he he ended up getting like what forty something million in new money as soon as he signed. Um. Well, look. First of all, they probably wanted him at a conference, right? So mm-hmm. that starts to limit what you're up against a little bit. Um, it did come. Most of these deals, these mega deals that we saw go down, the big money stuff, teams. You know, we're already preparing for that, had been budgeting for that. So you'd seen a lot of teams kind of already do a lot of the big ticket stuff that they might do. Um, 
And then the player's got to be willing to do the deal, right? And the That's player true. clearly likes to set up with the Raiders, likes the quarterback. I'm sure he likes to, right, no state tax there, I don't think. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think when you, when you put all that together, I mean, could they have gotten a little more somewhere else? Maybe, maybe, but I also feel like, boy, there's been so much. Like, who leaves there on good terms anymore? You know what I mean? Like, the Favre thing and how long after the fact that was an issue. And, you know, uh, what they've been going through with Rodgers. Like, if he, you know what I mean? If, 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 he's, if he's not going to do the long-term deal there and your quarterback's year-to-year and he's got a chance to go with his college guy and you're getting him out of the conference and, you know what I mean, you're, you're getting almost two top 50 picks. You know what I mean? I, I think, and he's cool. You know what I mean? He's not leaving, probably harboring a grudge. I don't know. Is that the is that the end of the world? No, I, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's the end of the world. Uh, somebody just uh, tweeted us, Cornelius, one of our listeners, uh, and uh, wanted us to bring up something with you. You're obviously right there in Baltimore concerning former Packers Darius Smith wanting to know yeah. what exactly happened there with him kind of backing out of that deal with the Ravens and then also wanting to know, could you see him maybe ending up back in green Bay on a one-year deal or something? Um, he is going to be taking some visits. Uh, I don't know about a return to green Bay being in the cards. Uh, look, he, he was, he was taught his agent was talking to the Ravens at a time where Chandler Jones and Von Miller and some of these other deals were on the cusp of being done. And obviously none of these deals are officially official until the player passes a physical and all the paperwork's in, you know, in the meantime, there's sort of agreements or gentlemen's agreements, or you've got my word. In some cases there might be a signed term sheet, but it's not a binding contract. Um, mm-hmm. And as things started to move, um, it became clear that, that where he was with the Ravens was, was well below where a lot of these other guys ended up. And, yeah, Von Miller and, and, and Chandler Jones thought maybe they could get 20 a year, and that turned out not to be the case. But, you know, they're still coming in at, what, Chandler Jones, 34 for two. Um, and this deal was 34 for, for four or five or whatever it was. Yeah, I just think there was a little bit of sticker shock. There were some guys around the league, you know, who were reaching out to him saying, dude, you don't need to do that right now. Like, you don't, you know, if that's all that's out for you after the draft, then that's one thing. But, you know, you had, what, 26 sacks in two seasons. So he's going to see what else is out there for him. And, again, I think we'll have a little more news on him later today. As this continues to move forward and we see wide receivers come off the board uh, that the Packers aren't obviously going to be able to get, I keep pointing back to MVS, Valdez Scantling, thinking he ends up back in Green Bay, even though, according to reports, he's got numerous suitors. But as Leroy pointed out earlier, if they wanted him, he would have been signed by now. So what do you think the holdup is with MVS not having a team yet? I think the holdup is money. (laughs) Right? I mean... It's a holdout is always money. If you're not in that first wave, um, either, you know, team, there, there was a disconnect between your evaluation and team's evaluations. And um, not as many receivers hit the market as people thought. Um, we had, you know, franchise tags and a lot of guys staying with, with teams that they were mm-hmm. with. Um, so that maybe cut down on the number of, of big money suitors looking to bring in somebody from another team because well, we were able to keep our guy, so we don't need to go fishing in somebody else's pond. Um, you know, I think it's a little bit of a, of a tricky evaluation when you play with a quarterback who's that good. Sometimes other teams who have a lesser quarterback wonder, wait a minute, you know what I mean? Are we going to be able to get that out of them? Um, and then, you know, it's, it's the evaluation. What, what, what is he worth per year? Um, you know, he's not a tier one guy. He might not be a tier two guy. Is he a tier three guy? Um, and then there's also length, right? I, 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 there's also issues of some teams when they look at his age and look at him as an ascending prospect, um, they want to tie him up for more years. But he may be looking at it saying, well, wait a minute. If I go somewhere else, even if the quarterback's not Aaron Rodgers, if I get featured, if my target share goes up, if I feel like I can be a little bit more of the man in this offense, then I may want to use it as a one-year springboard and go back to the market a year from now while all these other cats are in year two of their extensions. I might be a little higher up the pecking order in the free agent sort of rankings next year than I am right now. So, I mean, that's just that's the market economy, right? That's supply and demand. Um, 
But I like him. He's an intriguing player. I, I, I think he's an ascending player. And he's someone who, if I'm Green Bay, I, I, I want to find a way to keep him around. It may just take him you know, being out there on the market a little bit longer to get a sense of what that number is. Yeah, uh, real quick, Jason, last one for me. Yeah, see, I really think the Packers could have gotten more from the Raiders. I, was Zay Jones and Henry Ruggs gone? I mean, they really could have hit him. But I think they should go into um, the trade market with all these picks. I'm not interested in all these picks. Give up a first-round pick for DK Metcalf and see what – because he's in an expiring one-year deal on that contract. They, I can't imagine them want to keep him, and they don't have a quarterback. So call them up. You know Snyder. See, can you get DK away? Sign DK to a long-term deal, and you're off and running. I don't. I don't mind that. Uh, I don't mind that that philosophy whatsoever. And Schneider may want to, um, with the additional capital he already has from the Russell Wilson trade, he might already like some of these receivers in this draft. A lot of people do. Um, yeah, yeah. And he may want to spend his asset, uh, re- reallocate the, the funds a little bit too. Uh, you guys know the relationship between those sides. So, uh, and, and the Packers. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the Packers and the Seahawks are always sort of open for business and and talking and seeing what's out there. So maybe you're onto something there. I don't think he is. I, I, I think Baker Mayfield ends up in Seattle. That, I'm still going to go with that. I've been saying it. I'll just stick with it. Hey, can't get enough of the tourney. Go deeper with the ultimate college basketball tournament preview from the Locked On Podcast Network. Relive the biggest moments from around the tourney, plus preview the next set of games, unlock sports betting tips, and learn more about the tourney's budding stars. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your Odyssey podcast. Tim Allen is on hold. He's ready to go to fill in for Rami today. One last time today from 3 to 6. He'll tell us what's coming up on the Rami Show next here on 1250 AM. The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. How are you doing here on a Monday as we broadcast live from the Lakeland University Studios offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Our guy, the franchise, Tim Allen, with us as he fills in for Rami McAuliffe today. Sam Schmitz will be producing for him. Uh, And I'm going to ask you what's coming up on your show and all that, but you're a brewer guy, so I need to talk to you about the brewers first. So... How much are you making of Keston here to this point? Because he's had a good opening uh, few days, including yesterday, a couple of hits, three RBIs, a home run. Uh, your thoughts on Hira to this point? I think you got to get him some as many ABs as you can, and because that's the investment that you got him, you made in him. I mean, what was he the ninth overall? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I believe it was, and he can hit. I mean, he can hit. I know he can hit. They know he can hit. He just hasn't been hitting. But he can hit. You got to give him every opportunity. Do you want, um, let's see, Tyler White, John Singleton? Do you want those guys being a part time DH, being a part time first base? Tyler White or Rowdy Tellis got me confused there for a second yesterday. I didn't realize it was Tyler White. I'm looking, I'm like, is that Rowdy Tellis? Yeah. Or is that yeah, Tyler White's a big dude like Rowdy? So you go lefty, righty, kind of, I wouldn't say a 50 50 share with Rowdy Tellez and Keston Hira at first. But I think you have to consider that Brasso and, and Jace Peterson are going to make this team. Yes, I mean, agreed. To me, that's that's clear. Agreed. I, I really, I really uh, like the way Brasso played over the weekend. We'll wrap all that up. If you missed uh, some Cactus League play, got all three games. So, and, you know, a few notes on that. Right. But Keston, you got to give him the opportunity. And, and it starts with – now, if he goes in the tank here in, in, in the shortened spring training season here, what is it, 18 games or whatever – Okay, if he's hitting like a buck three, okay, you you can talk at that point, but give him two to three abs just about every day to take a really close hard look to break camp. He changed his leg kick. His leg kick isn't as pronounced as it yes. was. It's still there, but it's not as pronounced. Yelich, I haven't seen. I'll be honest as much, so I don't know what Yelich has changed. I don't know if you've heard what Yelich has changed, if anything, with his. Uh, approach to the ball one way or the other. I yeah, haven't seen him. Kasten, I've seen a couple of times. Yelich, I don't know what he's changed. Like, if I took a video of Christian Yelich now, put it side by side with a video yeah. from last year, would I notice a difference? That I don't know. Not much difference. No, you're not going to notice much difference. And I and I think that's the right strategy. You you leave him go on that. But maybe it's just uh, some different voices. And that's Ozzie Timmons and Connor Dawson, the the co hitting coaches for the Brewers. Mm-hmm. And you leave those guys, you know, maybe it's a little change from Andy Haynes, and and it helps out. 
he squared up a couple of balls yesterday that looked like Christian Yelich. I mean, he he had a couple of base hits yesterday. Had an RBI base hit on Friday. He's got three hits in the in the two games that he's played, and they were barreled up. Will Stevie, they, they were they were they were nice hits. That's good. But at the end of the day, he's got to hit 30, 35. I mean, <laughs> he just does. He, he just does. I mean, we're going to talk I was about that. Today. You should have heard Toby Altizer this morning. I. I listen. I mean, Toby's talking twenty and twenty or whatever. No, that, that's not going to do it. No, Mm-mm. no. You've got to be. You've got to be more than twenty home runs. I mean, you've got to be 30, 35 home runs and around two ninety somewhere in that area for this offense to get as much as it can uh, from it. Now, again, we were just talking about Kesson Hira. You know, if if that's Yelich and and Kesson Hira is hitting two seventy, two seventy five with twenty, twenty five home runs. And he can do that. Now this offense has something to talk about that should be able to support that great pitching staff. Well, we're going to talk to your boy Mark Simon from uh, Sports Info Solutions to yep. see if this offense, uh, in terms of metrics, is capable of supporting that pitching staff. So that, that to me, I'm looking forward to that conversation. But in terms of Yelich, you know, I, I, everybody knows I love anybody in a Brewers uniform. Yep. I, I just do. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that they do and say that will bug me over the years, and, and that's okay. The Christian Yelich, the, the nonchalant attitude, I don't know why that bothers me. It just does. It just does. It may be this California cool, calm, laid-back thing that we're not used to here, or at least I'm not used to here in the Midwest. But, you know, he, he said it the other day, too, three or four days ago, when he said, eh, you're going to have good years, you're going to have bad years, la, 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 we'll go off on our way. You know, I, again, that's from his perspective, big picture, and, and I guess I understand in that regard. But from a fan standpoint, it's just like, eh, flip a coin. Yeah, maybe I'll hit it this year. If I don't, we'll go to next year. That part of it. It's just the same thing he said the last couple of years, Stevie. We've been playing the audio yep. in the post game. You guys have. It's like, eh, you know, you, you have good streaks and bad streaks. You know, you get off to a slow start, you can eh, finish. Uh, that's uh, all factually true. I mean, everything he's saying is factually yeah, I true. Know it is. It's, it's all you, factually true. But nah. you, you don't want to hear that as a fan because eventually, if he doesn't figure it out and he continues on with that attitude, eventually fans are going to start saying, yeah, you're getting paid. Of course, it's not a big deal to you. You're just going year to year. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.